Middle, down to his last hundred bucks. Cough! Hey, behaves! <laughs> Victory Sunday, John. Victory Sunday. You tried to tell everybody. I did. I've been I've been pounding the pavement since uh, really last week. I, I I was down to my last hundred dollars in my account. Bryson gave me life. Then I bet a lot of money on this tournament, and then I was bored and had a couple of hundred extra bucks, and I put it on Oklahoma State. And then my account went way up, and then all of a sudden Justin Thomas came out of nowhere the weekend. Twenty to one. Twenty seven hundred dollars. Twenty to one. Twenty. Twenty to one. Justin Thomas. Twenty, 20 to, to one. one. You know what you think about though when you do hit a twenty to one? I'm sure many people that like uh, I do hit it big in startups. About. Yeah. Is like, what if I would have put five hundred dollars on? I know, it? I'd have ten thousand. <laughs> what if I just got a thousand? Yeah, it's not a. It's, it wouldn't have made sense unless you had like fifty thousand dollars in your account to throw around money like that. But it's hard not to think about it. You know? No, I know. It's hard that's that's the losing formula ultimately, because it, it meant is. you also would have put a thousand on like four other things, right? But it would have worked. I out, did. Yeah. I mean, I bet five hundred dollars on the tournament. I lost four hundred dollars. Again, money that was ex- I viewed as extra money because it was just one money. Yeah, but now That's there's the a lot of extra you sit, there. You sit down at a blackjack table. If you have a thousand dollars, and then you look down, you have fifteen thousand dollars. You don't have to keep betting that money. You can't walk away. Yeah, that's not extra money. That's just now your money, right? That's your money. Yeah, yeah. But it feels good. You know, it, it feels. We had talked about. You know, what if what if something happens on Friday and Saturday? A big trade from the oh, Niners. Oh God! Thank God it didn't. And then it just kind of went. Nothing happened really, uh, besides some Lynch tweets, which I'm sure we'll get into. So I was just pretty locked into golf. But I didn't actually feel that good about golf because I didn't think Justin Thomas was really going to pull it off, and then he did. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about golf on this podcast, but I will say that the Players Championship was awesome. Like I could watch those guys just stumble around that course. I think every week, every week. Because it wasn't just the, I think the core started getting in their dome. I mean, that stretch on Sunday when Bryson went, basically, he had to hit a second shot with his pants around his ankles because it didn't get past the first tees. Yep. Classic tech. Was that Texas rules or what was that called? Yeah, just the. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Probably <laughs> yeah. some inappropriate name. Then, inspired by DeChambeau, um, Lee Westwood goes just off the reservation with his first with his tee shot then bryson yeah. goes shank it was an incredible sequence one that i've it's seen funny. many times play out yeah, before my own eyes but not on tv it, it plays school way cooler when you win two g's yeah let's that's Woo! uh before my, you, you say my little brother won uh second place oh, yeah draft Kings? yeah <laughs> congratulations to raul first place winner in DraftKings. but congratulations to uh little jeff as he's known yeah uh middle who finished second in the uh, DraftKings game, middle eighty three, he uh, was uh, they, he just got a new house within the last year, and they took down a bunch of trees. They being my mother, who got hurt, she, she's now his neighbor. She had trees going down. She always wanted to take the tree down in the house that he's now living in. So she's like, "Yeah, we'll take it down." But then they left too big of a dumpster, so he had to get one of the tractors from the ranch. And well, he didn't go like you don't just drop off a tractor. He drove the tractor from the ranch, so I had to give him a ride. Uh, turns out they're building these new a new office for him out on the ranch. Basketball hoop inside the warehouse. His boss's son, who's now a freshman, got called up to varsity, gets gets lessons in the warehouse. So dudes from UC Davis basketball team, who I think made the made the NCAA tournament, 
uh, they come out and teach them moves. Now, what kind of hoop is it? Is it the kind with the you I mean, it's a water at the bottom, feet. or is it? No, it's badass. Like it's, it's like with the glass backboard. in there. It's got a legit three point line. Like it's a, now the problem is in a ranch setting, a lot of dust on the ground. Yeah. You you would tear a, a, a hernia surgery, uh, an ACL. It was we shot around a little bit, but you couldn't play a legit. You'd have to wipe it down to gotcha. play. A you'd game. have to be like there would with the... an ankle would go fast. Mm. Maybe high school kids. I don't even think it. They don't even fathom that stuff, right? It doesn't even register. Like, hey, you can turn your ACL. They'd be like, an ACL? What the fuck is that? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a? Is that a you know, a Old dessert? man injury. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They wouldn't even think about it. I took one step. I'm like, whoa. I was careful when I was taking just God. jump shots when I'm not even jumping off the ground. That would not be a story you'd want to tell. No. So yeah, I mean, it's I guess your modern day farmers. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that industry's doing well. It's a big deal. Yeah. Feel like business is booming. By the way, John, uh, iTunes, everybody. The we did. I think this was the third weekend mailbag. We've done a few mailbags, but I think this was the third weekend mailbag. Historically, we don't do a lot of uh, numbering our shows. Like you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know how many podcasts we've done unless somebody tells me that it was a thousand yeah. that happened a while back. So anyway, the weekend one's working out pretty well, and uh, it's going well. So you can get it on the weekend mailbag. You just leave us an iTunes review. You put your question in your iTunes review. Five stars. We appreciate it. And that question makes it into the mailbag. That easy. You got you got you guys covered. Keep, keep it coming. Keep it flowing. And you can always keep watch the mailbag, too. You can see your own name on the screen. You know? Yeah. Be we famous stop. Can't stop, on YouTube. Stop. The Haberman yeah. and Middlecoff YouTube channel. Go subscribe to that. Uh, if, you know, when something crazy happens, uh, first week of free agency, you'll probably hear us first there, depending on when. Got you, got you covered. It's a great part about the business we're in, guy. That uh, a story breaks, boom, we got we got our takes up. It's just yeah, it's right. Our show happens to start right then. Yep. Uh, podcast brought to you by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham One, where Justin Thomas was twenty to one this week. Twenty to one. You gonna you ever gonna see that again? You think? Not till he's forty five. No. No, we won't. Someone someone hit me up in the DMs or Twitter within the last couple of days. Like, do you think you are green? Do you think you're in the positive for your lifetime gambling? And my response is like, no, no chance. I'm not in the positive. But days like this make you feel good. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, already seeing. Do you think the 12-5 resonates with the people this week? Like it normally does in tournament time? The 12-5? Because I'm watching. It's. I mean, uh, it is the classic game. 12-5 someone? Does it feel like a normal 12-5 game this Georgetown's year? Georgetown's a 12-5 with Colorado. Uh, Georgetown picked 12th, won the Big East. Um, Patrick Ewing. I uh, Yeah, he's pissed off. We might pissed get off. into him a little later. Baylor, I, I gambled on Oklahoma State, so I watched them versus Baylor. Baylor has guards that look better than the dude, the redhead kid that the Warriors are rolling out. They have a couple bigs. That I almost text a couple of my friends in the NFL. Like, I don't think these guys are going to play in the NBA, but they look like 6'6. They are jack. They look like NFL players. Like, I keep an eye on a couple of Baylor's bigs. One dude had a face mask, like he had broken nose. They're just jacked. Luckily, Oklahoma State just has like uh, two LaMelo balls flying around so they could beat them. But Baylor's team, they got NFL players and they got NBA guards. Like, I understand why they're really good. They were, uh, they were good. So I, I kind of like Baylor, uh, not not against Baylor making a legit run. To, so win, my to win the national AD championship, everyone's going to be picking Gonzaga. Uh, by the way, this is it's fantastic this week because the play-in games, the first four games are on Thursday. I like it. Someone told me, I think we had talked about this a little bit 
a long time within the last year, probably less than that, whenever, maybe in the fall. Jalen Suggs, the star guy for Gonzaga. Yeah. Incredible high school football player. Yeah, we t- it was on this podcast yeah. at the beginning of the season. You, you had told me he was a huge like high school. He was Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball in the state of was it was he from Minnesota? Yeah, because I heard I was listening to a Win Horse podcast and Bon Temps was mentioning obviously Allen Iverson's, you know, high school highlights are incredible. I mean he Allen Iverson would have been like Ed Reed in the NFL. He would have been a Hall of Fame NFL player. They just said this guy are kind of like the modern day version, like this guy was incredible. And then you just watch him play basketball. You're like, yeah, if you play football, he'd probably be pretty good. Yeah. It's, he feels but like he's a fast. Player, he can jump it? and he's quick. Smart. Yeah. 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 Tough. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1, NCAA tournament. Uh, what a huge week for it. So get after it. Coming up, it all begins on Thursday. Remember, if you use the promo code, they'll match your first deposit up to 50%. They'll match your first deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. If you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before we you can uh, withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. Either way, uh, we're all happy that you're there. So MyBookie.ag yeah. promo code HAM and the number one. It's back. The NCAA tournament, not gambling. That never left. Also, just a huge week. I mean, this is, I, I was thinking, John, we should call it, you know, normally you wait for the ball drop midnight, 1231, December 31st. This this year, Wednesday, 1 o'clock Pacific, the ball drops on a, a new league year. So this is uh, this is like the last few days of the year. This is Eve, whatever. New Year's yeah, Eve I mean, is I, coming up. I, I know, you know, it's pretty clear that a couple people that, you know, are in the positions that, that I know Howie and Veach, they think that this week could be kind of crazy just because of all the mayhem that's already happened, right? I saw NBC Diana, now ESPN Diana, said that an agent told her that all the players, or maybe it was a player told her, I think it was an agent told her, her players, excuse me, the agent said that their players yeah. wanted one-year deals. Oh, and that's, See, that's that makes normal. a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and... I saw the Packers guy that always talks about Aaron Rodgers branch had a good tweet. He's like, well, basically every contract beside the top, like 5% of the league is a one-year contract. The difference is that even if you get the fake, like four-year deals, you do get more bonus money when it's longer term deals. Like if you're just getting a true one-year deal, then I just give you like one year, 6 million, $2 million bonus. If I give you the fake, well, I give you a three years, 20 million, you get the $10 million bonus, even though it's technically a one-year contract. So it is, it is a little different. I do think a lot of these players, right, if you're not – I don't really know how many truly quote-unquote elite guys are even on the market, but definitely the majority of free agents would be considered middle class. If you are better off just doing a one, four, five, six, seven million dollar deal, kind of that middle-tier guy, and hoping next year maybe it jolts back up $25 million and there's just an exponential more cash, to me the risk always is in football. It's like – all it takes is, you know, a McGlinchey to get thrown into the back of your knee, right? Or a Levante yeah. David to hit you from the side or whatever, and your career's just over. Like, it's inevitable if this actually plays out, all these one-year deals are signed. A couple of these guys will have pretty devastating injuries, right? Yeah, but I I, I do, uh, you I know, know if you can think like that, but... I, it, it is, to me, just a, uh, an indication of what everybody thinks. And what everybody thinks... It appears if that is what happens is that the cap is going to take a big jump in 2022. I know Kawakami wrote that there are people who think it's going to just jump back up to $220 million. It'll take a big jump. Almost like $35 million in a year. Between the big TV contracts are all getting signed right now. And they think it's just attendance is going to be fantastic once 
you know, by the time oh, we get know. to the season, right? All your stadium, just everything is going to be. I'm sure it won't just be, John, I would imagine it's not just attendance. It's going to be like the pregame tailgate where it's like, come to the official team tailgate for $35. Get two hot dogs, two sodas, two beers, and whatever. I don't even know. Well, right? my, A complimentary theory, plastic it, cup. That we've talked about, what's the lead in to football? It's going to be baseball, outdoors, drinking beers. Like, I think they're going to boom. It's the one sh- I feel somewhat bad about the NBA. It's like, I don't think people are just jolting to go sit inside an arena, but go outside in the sun, have some beers with your buddies, have a hot dog. Yeah. I think baseball, I think outdoor venues, concerts too, are going to benefit as everything's just rocking. I mean, Texas, Arizona, Florida is rocking and rolling. We're we're a little, we're a little slower, but uh, yeah, that would be pretty crazy though to me if the NFL jumps the cap in like 30, 40 million, because it feels like they easily could have just done it this year and just held it and they chose not to. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but if they make the money, they make the money. Like if they make the money. Yeah. You know, so I do think, cause they definitely did lose money. They would have made by not, they had to re, you know, refund the suites and the tickets. And that's a lot of cash for the big boys. Right. That's yep. a lot of money for Jed and Mark was going to profit hugely. Uh, how much money he had to refund. <laughs> got, but good thing he got a refund though. Cause he got his suite. He, he refunded his own oh, suites yeah. cause he didn't <laughs> yeah. use the tickets. <laughs> that is, that is so true. he did make that some money true. back, you know, Yeah, uh, which was smart on his part. Uh, so yeah, man, I think it's going to be, you know, we got breeze retired on Sunday, which I was like, God, why did breeze wait to retire? And then I realized it's all part of an NBC thing. Cause it's, He's going on to the today. They announced it during an NBC golf event, and then he'll go on the Today Show on NBC on Monday, and they'll talk about probably how he's going to be on the NBC broadcast. They announced Drew Brees during the players. Well, I mean, yeah, he, that's when the news broke, right? And then there was a promo that it was like a picture of Brees, like coming up on the Today Show on Monday. Drew Brees joins us, so it's like okay, now I kind of get it. Well, who's his partner too in the studios? Tarico, right? Yeah. Tarico's there. Yeah. So you're right. I, when you, because you texted me, it's all part of an NBC plan. I'm like, I turned on NBC waiting to see like if they're, and I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know he was doing something tomorrow. Today's show, it's going to be big. So everybody, all you guys out there that have, you know, that channel. What channel is that? NBC. Yeah. I guess everybody has that channel. Yeah, it does. Because you just have to plug in your rabbit ears. And yeah, you, you just, plug, you just click. You know what you're going to do, John? You're going to click over to channel four. You know, my kids will never understand. Like, Dad, I, the Kings game is not coming in clear. We'll move the antenna over to the right. Move the antenna right. to the left. Oh, you got, you got it. You're good. Or how about I want to watch the Kings game? No, we're watching 60 Minutes tonight or something like that. Yeah, that won't happen either. Or get up and change the channel. No, I mean, even our, you know, it's, that was even our, our our young, young youth. Anyway, who cares? Now I sound like Patrick Ewing. Um, <laughs> you do. All right, let's get, let's get to some stuff. All right, John, we got some uh, breaking news on a Sunday night to get to. All right, so we had on uh, Saturday, John Lynch tweeted, I'm thirsty, Niner fans. You want some juice? And then his agent told Adam Schefter, or Kyle Juszczyk's agent told Adam Schefter, juice is expensive. I'm thirsty too, but juice ain't cheap. Lemons are out of season. He, he signed, John, the nine. We had Juszczyk on the pod. I didn't think he was going to be back on the Niners. He's back. You know what it shows you is that, uh, you know, the thing with coaches, they always tell you, right, head coach in the NFL, you want to meet owners. I think we talked about that before with minority coaches, with assistant coaches. It, it, the People think you want to get with executives. You want to get with owners. And, you know, same thing in college, in college sports. You want to get with ADs, the guys doing the hiring. 
when you're a player, you know who, what it matters, who likes you? Obviously, the owner matters. But a lot of the transactions, like Jed, if they don't want Kyle or they want Kyle, Kyle Jed has nothing to do with Kyle Juszczyk. The head coach likes him. The decision maker likes him. And when the decision maker likes you, you have a decent chance in football. Because unlike in other, you know, in basketball, sometimes the cap. In baseball, obviously, sometimes, like, I'm sure Billy Bean and Bob Melvin have wanted to keep many people. They do not have the money. Players they like. In football, if they really want to find a way, uh, they find a way. It's, we're learning that about the cap this year more than ever. It's like, oh, everyone's screwed. It's like, no, everyone's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all yeah. these guys are getting signed. The head coach loves them, guy. Obviously, the organization, the GM, the assistant coaches, Kyle Shanahan loves Kyle Juszczyk. Clearly, Kyle, I mean, we know how much Kyle likes playing here and how much it means to be here. Obviously, they had to pay to keep him. But I think it means a lot to Kyle Shanahan. Like, that's that's my overarching take when I read Rapshi's tweet. Kyle Shanahan told Parag, "We, I want this guy here. We got to figure it out. Yep. Yeah. And it was unique. It wasn't one of those players where his price point is not in the 15 to $20 million, right? It is, it's one of those manageable positions. But I could probably find a guard for $5 million a year, right? I mean, you could find you, – you can find other players for this. Yeah, for Kyle this Blocks. Price. It's not nothing. You check Blocks. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, they, they are allocating this money – uh, it's not a little chunk of change, right, when the cap comes down $20 million. Yeah, I mean, look, one thing, and I can't remember if this is in the podcast or not, because full disclosure, we did the podcast Sunday, and then this news broke, and we're back in the lab minutes after. Um, but one thing Kawakami wrote was, hey, people think the cap's going to go up to $220 million next year. And while you do have the Niners, a lot of money committed to the future, um, and you are going to need a Fred Warner contract at some point, you are just rich. Like, you have the cash you can spread some of it out and make it work this year when the caps at 182 and a half what if owners were like psych 150 yeah we're going, <laughs> let's go down again we'll go a bit lower uh like they're a mattress salesman but yeah. but but you know in that conversation you and i had previously was like are the niners gonna lose trent williams joe staley uh uh uh, Richard Sherman, DeForest and this Buckner. guy, DeForest Buckner, and this guy, right? Guys who, and I would, you could even take Trent out of that just in terms of the core of the guys that made the Super Bowl run and were part of building this team up before they were anything, just leaders, uh, fake, clearly. Academic, I mean, smart guys. Like, how, smart how many guys. Stanford, Harvard guys can you lose? Also, these are people just. You know, uh, Richard Sherman's doing the the Collinsworth pod. Uh, use check when they need when the Niners need somebody to do a uh, meatless uh, meat commercial. They're, they're, they're you know use check just guys you can count on in the organization. Would it shock you if Sherman. one day DeFor- would it shock you one day if DeForest Buckner won a Man of the Year in the NFL? It would not. It would not. Yeah. I remember watching before we talked to use check watching DeForest Buckner interview Kyle use check at the Pro Bowl. You know, two years ago. And it was just two really high-level guys having a, a conversation. And um, and so there is a value. This is part of why we thought the Jets might be a fit for him because that organization now knows Kyle Juszczyk's value. I'm not talking as a player. I'm just talking from a leadership standpoint. You know, obviously the Niners do too. But ultimately you've got – like this is a team who has to win games. They need to get players who can help them win games. And this guy has proven to be able to help them, to win, ga- help them I- win games. I bring up what would Bill Belichick do a lot, and I think if you just ask a common football fan what Belichick was known for in their 20-year run, it was like getting rid of guys, letting guys walk, never overpaying for players. And I do think it's sometimes a little overrated with that kind of uh, just the way he's painted, like the, 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 the way that people talk about Belichick and the way he actually built his team. 
because when you look at like the last decade, the, the second, I guess it was like the third iteration, right? We had talked about this last week with like, they had like three separate groups. The core guys stayed for the whole time, right? Edelman, McCourty, obviously Tom, uh, Slater, like Gronk. Like they had a core group of guys because you know what? When you have guys coming in and out of the door, you need guys, your best players to set the tone. And you have to pick three or four guys. Now, you got to let other guys go. And the 49ers aren't going to keep all their free agents. They have a ton. But I do think when they looked at it, this guy had, obviously, again, back to Kyle Shanahan, he means a lot, but just in their locker room, his talent is the other thing. We haven't really mentioned that. Like, he's a really good player. He can do a lot for them, right? Catch the football. He can just, they can move him around. Like, to me, when you think about Kyle Shanahan's variety of what he can do on offense, Part of that is having versatile pieces. Like, why can he ha- run all these end arounds? I don't know, because he has this wide receiver named Debo that actually kind of looks like a running back and actually kind of wants, wants to run guys over even when he probably should go out of bounds because he gets hurt a lot. But shit, Kyle goes, well, I, I don't think there are many wide receivers in the league. Tyreek does it because he's fast. Debo does it because of fucking run over three guys and all of a sudden it's 25 yards. Yeah, part of the you deal, too, is they players. can't get the ball to him down the field, so he's constantly running in between the tackles. Well, he's not in between <laughs> That's the true, too. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to have a dynamic offense, you need dynamic players. And I do think Kyle feels very strongly that Kyle Juszczyk gives him that just flexibility, right? At a price point that... Because I do think you could have talked yourself out of this, right? Well, we don't know. As of the recording of this, we've got it at, what, five years and $27 million? Uh, But yeah, I'm not even talking... I'm just saying he was just making five million bucks. I would imagine he's making very similar to that. And you just... You could have used this money and allocated it other way. Again, props... And I'm very glad to the Niners they figured this out. He came on our show. I, I like knowing a guy on the 49ers. Like, I, I, it's good for me and you. But, like, from a football standpoint, I would have understood if it's like, you know, the the Niners were given the chance to match this offer and they said no. Right? <clears throat> it wouldn't have been, like, bad business if they would have let him walk. Well, you, you no, I mean, but, yeah, I do understand what you're saying. Um, but the, you know, part of this is Kyle Shanahan values this what Kyle Juszczyk does, part of the cost is what is the cost of replacement? And for the cost of replacement, do I get anything close to the level of production? Okay, yeah, I, maybe I can save 75 cents on the dollar. Am I getting 25% of the production? Because I don't want 25% of the t- production, right? There are areas where you cut corners and save money, and there are areas where you don't. And clearly for Kyle Shanahan, this is not an area where he's willing to cut costs and save money. Now, again, we don't know what the money is, but this is not an area where he's willing to, you know, try and fill the gap with two guys at a half the cost combined doing it by committee. I agree. Yeah. And it's something that he might feel that doesn't really exist. Uh, guys well, like I, this in the league. I mean, who is is there another Kyle Juszczyk in the NFL, really? Not really, right? I mean, still just, looking. Yeah, they I, I I do wonder Do you know what's funny about this whole contract? When he first signed, I'll never forget the natural reaction was because when a bad team makes a guy the highest paid player ever at his position, people go, oh my God, the Niners paid a fullback that much money. If you would have just done a survey of the common media guy or someone on Twitter that follows the NFL, like how long, yo, you check probably be there a couple years of his contract. They'll cut him like most contracts. He didn't just last the full years of his four-year contract. He then hit free agency and they re-signed him to a contract bigger than the original one. Like it's... We've talked a lot about John Gruden's and his misses. One thing Kyle Juszczyk is not, 
Now you can debate like the fullback investing in the position. This is what you want when you sign free agents. They identified it. The guy's good. He makes Pro Bowls, and you want to keep him. And then you choose to. Yeah. Like this is obviously you'd want like your twenty million dollars, like your Trent Williams, like your big price free agents to be this. But if you can hit on enough of these free agents, you're in pretty good shape. They spent money and then decided the money they had spent was money well spent. Do it again. Yeah, it worked. There's a probably a very good chance we'll see when the actual finances come out. Usechek's going to play on the Niners for health permitting, I'd say six, seven years, right? That's a long time for a yeah. guy that played four years I on mean, his first four years. of his, It's not like he started on the Niners. I would think I would think another three years. And it, even after that, it might be, let's say in year four, maybe there's a restructure or something, something, something. Clearly, there's something here between these two. I mean, Kyle is a mid-round pick from Harvard who I remember he told us he didn't even go to the Combine. When it's all said and done, like this is kind of the NFL, he's going to have a 12 to 13 year career, right? It's going to be a remarkable, like, damn, didn't see that coming. Yeah, this is eight. We're at eight, and he's 20. He'll turn 30 in April. And he just signed a five year contract. Yeah. Which in the NFL, we know, but he's just, he's two more years away from a decade in the well, league. Again, I'll, he, is, he signed a five year contract with a team that really values him and now has proven it twice. And they should value him, right? You watch him play, his value to the team. Like you said, there is a value to like the Warriors have been lucky. They've had Steph, Draymond, and Clay that they could throw out for you know, going on a decade now to talk. The Niners are Sherman talked every day for four years. DeForest Buckner, every year he was here, was the team captain talk. Like Joe Staley, you lose these guys. Like eventually it's like you can't just George and Fred can't talk every day. You know, you just you do need some stuff. This is back to my Patriot thing. There's a reason Slater has been breaking them down for a decade. McCordy talks, Brady talk, Gronk talk. You do just need a core group of guys to kind of lead the fucking ship. Right. Because most human beings in life are followers. And that's not even a bad thing. In the NFL, you can become worth hundreds of millions of dollars being a follower. But you, you do need a couple guys to lead the ship. You know, you just reminded me, and I don't know that he can necessarily fully fill this role, but one of the things I thought when we had Kyle on the podcast, Juszczyk, was about Brandon Ayuk. And he told us, Brandon Ayuk and I got close this year, um, and all he, want, all he just wants to be good so bad, he just needs somebody to show him how to do it. And, you know, Kyle was talking more about, like, another receiver, but, you know, that's a perfect example of you've got a first-round pick. You've invested a lot in this player. He's shown a great potential. And the guy you just re-signed, Kyle Juszczyk, believes in him, thinks that investing in Brandon Ayuk is something that's worth his time, too. Now, again, you'd like it to be – ideally, it's another guy that plays his position. But nonetheless, I mean, this is part of what you're investing in. Well, I'll give you one. Mozart got – you know, he's very talented. Like, it's proven I went from not knowing his name a couple years ago to going, like, the Niners' offense is dramatically worse when he's not around. But like most running backs, there's a reason that he's he just going to get hurt a lot. It would not shock me this year if the Niners take a running back, right? Like, just – it. I don't mean high, but if, like, in the fourth round they take a running back and all of a sudden that guy's good and he's a starter. Right. Well, who's a bit – who would be a number one influence on that guy? Kyle. I mean, he's – like – I, I do think he's, I'm sure, very important in that room. And what does that room mean to Kyle? I don't know. He loves running the football. <laughs> like it's, a, it's a big deal to him, right? And yeah. who did he just lose? He just lost LaFleur. And I don't think you want to just hire or you know keep players based on coaches coming and going. But there is some institutional knowledge with a guy Absolutely. that clearly knows the offense pretty well, right? Yep. Yep. Him and, him and, uh, him and Mike McDaniel get to stick together. Him and his boy. <laughs> they do. <laughs> 
So as we're talking Sunday night, Kyle Juszczyk just signed. Trent Williams has not. Uh, feels like he's about to. We'll see. Either way, John, this is already setting up to be a big week for the 49ers. The fact that the you know the tampering legal tampering period starts Monday, free agency officially begins Wednesday at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific. I think the thing that makes this complicated, again, NFL contracts can be a little hollow, but the five-year $27 million Kyle Juszczyk got, Trent Williams, the going rate for an offensive tackle, you know, is probably going to exceed for him 20 to $22 million. So Juszczyk's total value, $27 million. Again, probably won't reach that, but you could have said that when he first signed. He played out the whole contract. I don't think you can ever discount Kyle. Uh, But Trent's going to be looking for a lot of money, and that's a much more complicated deal. And uh, as me and you were talking off the podcast, the Chiefs are one of these lingering teams. It's like, you know, they don't have any money. Then all of a sudden, cut two tackles. Mahomes gives some money back, and they kind of feel like the great white shark lingering. And I've just obviously followed Andy very closely the last decade. But if you look at his Eagles tenure, they make big splashes, guy. They traded for Terrell Owens. Remember, he was supposed to go to the... He was supposed to go to the uh, Atlanta Falcons and then like the Baltimore Ravens, and somehow he ends up on the Eagles. They, they, they just go after big time blue chip. It's just how Andy thinks. You lose your two tackles. They have one. They, they don't need wide receivers. They don't need a tight end. They definitely don't need a quarterback. They got some pass rushers. They need offensive linemen, and they do have some money now. They're, they're just a team that I just. If Trent Williams, because it's like, well, Kyle's easy on me. Well, that's Andy's mo. Right, so that's to me a team that I wonder if the Niners are like, God damn, now we got to kind of work with, you know, to kind of fend them off. Because if they didn't exist, I'd feel pretty confident they'd come back. But I just think they're kind of like, they're kind of circling. Yeah, I mean, look, we we spent, I think, when Jed York and John Lynch tweeted on Saturday, more of the focus was on John Lynch's tweet specifically about Juice. But you and I were talking before we were recording. Maybe there should be some of the focus on Jed. Is Jed telling us? Did Kyle Juszczyk come back in part because of what they paid him, in part because of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? Because what we have with him is a player that Kyle Shanahan loved. What we have with Trent Williams is specifically a player that Kyle Shanahan loved and that made the decision when he had the choice, even though he had to be traded, but he dictated terms, to become a 49er. And I would imagine there was some conversation about is this a one-year thing or not because they waived his they waived their ability to franchise tag him when they acquired him, which was obviously savvy by him banking on himself. But part of this is is Trent, yeah, yeah, of course he'd be tagged right now, right? You think I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility because remember when they got him, if I told you they're going to be in the position to re-sign him because we talked about it, we talked about we hoped from their perspective, that he'd play well enough that they'd be re-signing him week seven of last yeah. season, right? Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. But if I told well, you... Because the team sucked and it kind of got weird. If right. I told you when they got him, they're going to re-sign Trent Williams before free agency begins or when free agency begins, you'd go, great. If I told you when they got him, he plays for them for a year and then he's on the Chiefs, you'd go, what the hell went wrong? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just if 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 there's an alert between the recording of this podcast and the posting of it, that's like Trent Williams signs with the Chiefs or is going to sign with the Chiefs. I think most people's reaction be, wait a second, he's good enough. They have no money. He's good enough for them. Why can't he be a Niner? One thing I will say this though, yeah, you, when you say like he plays for one season, goes to the Chiefs, just that statement's crazy. Lewis Riddick told me something that he stole from somewhere. That was basically, I think Bill Polian said this. He might have quoted Bill Polian when he said this, and he's right. When you let a player hit free agency, 
you are prepared. Even when you want them to come back, you are prepared to not have him not come back. Yeah. Like the, the possibility that he never steps foot, plays for your team, accepts your offer, exists. Like, so every minute that we get closer, like it is on the table. And I don't think it's played out that crazy, right? But on paper, it'll be like you only had him for a year and he goes to, a, if he does go to a good team, the Chiefs would feel like, damn, he just went to the sweeter team. I, I wouldn't even blame him, but how they even got involved, honestly, that'd be a ripple effect through the league. Uh, I, I just, but then the question would be, well, who plays left tackle, right? What, what, what are we doing here at left tackle? The McGlinchey, there's talk about like, are they going to pick up his fifth year option? I would say the Niners would then have a major question mark of their offensive line. The, the Niners, while Joe was never like some first team all pro, was never viewed like Trent Williams, was never viewed like in his heyday, even like Jason Peters, he was viewed as like one of the top six, seven tackles in the league. And you just, you, you, you went to bed every night, you didn't even think about it. He was on the team for like 15 years, it felt like, right? They, they never, it never even crossed their mind. Who's your left tackle? Oh, Joe Staley. <laughs> you know, he's a team captain, best guy, one of the league favorite. Everyone loves him. Yeah. Friends with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Stud yeah. player, tough, athletic, everything you could possibly want. Like, they, it's also easier. In a weird if way, I'm they were kind of spoiled. To, to be fair, it's easier to, Not, sometimes it's easier to keep a player when you don't have a lot of good players on your team. Right? The Niners were bad. Not always. Sometimes they were good. But they were also bad for a good portion of his tenure as a 49er, right? They were not they maybe they didn't have well, to make as many difficult decisions when it came to Yeah, to it was easy, but but a left tackle is never a difficult decision. Like you just keep that guy, right? When well, yeah, but here we are talking him. about Trent Williams. And it's I not know, because he's not good. But this one, like Joe was got drafted here and then by the time like Harbaugh got here was good. You're right. I mean, they were bad. I think he came in 07, him and Willis, they were bad for a couple I mean, really bad. It was ugly. I just think it gets easier when you draft the guy than when you acquire him like this. And he man, part of the mandate was like you can't franchise tag me. He's basically telling you like there's no guarantees here, right? Right. You're not dictating my future just because. And I don't even think he's saying that in a dick way to the Niners. Like I sat out last year to gain this. I'm coming to you as a discount, which he did because he easily could have gone to Minnesota, who was offering a higher pick and an extension. So I think the Niners are still in good position from what it feels like. But I, when you deal with 60 plus million dollar contracts, I'm, I'm talking guarantees. That's just an educated guess ballpark. They are complicated decisions, right? Like I think use check much lower value. Their guy for four years had a lot of loyalty for them. The Niners created his wealth, right? When they gave him the big extension, like he got rich off them. He loves it here. I do think the Trent one is a little... It, it, it's a little more one night standy. Like there's not like, it's not like you've been dating her on and off for a couple of years. There's a lot of, there's a lot there. This yeah. Month, I would again, say years long, uh, one it's, night, it's different one with night standy with like, you I know, know a girl that's, from that's high school analogy. that you were friends, like somebody from college, right? It's like, yeah, they've known yeah. each other. They've been there, friends a long time. They just got divorced from other people. So know, maybe not, maybe more weekend standy, more, more, more weekend. And then she comes back a couple times. Like there's a, it's a good, I, I think it's a good relationship. Didn't just like, meet at a bar pre-existing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've had a long just standing friends for a long you, time. You like the other person. Like you're like, I like this person. Yeah. But, right? but again, I, I think we know that Kyle Shanahan values a certain type of person and player to be kind of a pillar in his organization. And, that's what makes it unique with with Trent Williams is I think he thinks he's a good enough player and he knows, wait a second, I got all these questions on this roster. Here's a guy that I don't really have that many. We got questions about whether or not he's healthy enough in three years. You, you wish he was 26. 
right? But like, you know, if you sign him right now, there's one thing you check off you don't have to worry about. That's why it wouldn't surprise me. You said that Kawakami wrote something about for all the BS with the cap going up and down, the big money, like the Niners have cash, right? They're just rich. The Niners the have Jed money. And the Niners are rich, yeah. And what they can do is you could give Trent Williams one of these bad boys, right? Five years, you know, $115 million, $55 million in the first year. Like, at the end of the day, Jerry Jones just said, you know what, Dak? I, not only I like you, I'm going to give you $75 million in the first year. Why, why are you doing that, Jerry? Because I fucking can. And this, there is a moment, like, could the Niners, their trump card, if they really want to keep him, because you can amortize it. Trent, right. Uh, Jason Hill got $140 million fake contract. All these things are fake. The fakest but, contract that has ever been signed. But you can give someone so much cash up front because that money doesn't hit the cap for you know that necessarily that year. They could do something like that where the Chiefs go, are we doing something for not our guy? The Niners can really kind of whip their dick out and put it on the table and go, there's a reason the Levi Stadium, and Tim's been writing about this forever, how much revenue they're yeah, generating. Yep. We have a ton of cash. And the TV deals are about to get are getting signed right now, and people will be in the stadiums by the time I think they can feel good. Like, we'll be getting our gate by the time football season gets here. People will can be Can you in imagine there. how much money, how much cash Jed's made in the last seven years off that place? I mean, I'm sure oh, Tim's uh, done the math. Can estimate it. You never really know. I'm sure it's always higher than you would guess. I'm not, I'm not questioning Tim's reporting. I've got a couple texts like, Tim's a little low, from people that would know. Yeah, well, I'm sure he is. I, I think those estimates are always low because – the wealthiest know how to make you think they don't have quite as much as they got. Yeah, and I think you only probably get a good feel for like I, the concerts are. I'm never forget talking to Don Smolinski, the president of the Eagles, and him just kind of just being candid. I don't even think he was thinking. Again, I'm not wasn't going to go to the press. How much did uh, that Taylor Swift concert just generate? And when he said the check that they handed her before she left, you know, someone's role is to hand them a check, right, for whatever five six million that night. And just think about the money that gets generated at that thing. When I was with the Eagles, I swear to God, two two years living in Philly had to be seventy five to one hundred concerts. I mean, it felt like summer multiple yeah. a week. Yeah. The and think I'm Jed had a lot, right? So those concerts, they're making so much money. You could do to me. It's like if you if you really want to keep them, you can front load a deal with the bonus while back loading a deal with the cap to make it like yeah, he ain't leaving. Was Kawaka- but Kawakami basically said, yeah, you're going to have a few people get more expensive. You're going to have Fred Warner, but it's going to be, he said 220 is the number about. That's a lot. That's a massive jump. He thought he thought by next season, next it season goes he from 185 to, to 220. 220. Yeah. So $35 million increase. That'd be big. It would be. So the Saints would be like, we cut all these guys? <laughs> real quick, the other part of this is now you got a whole, we got a week here where just a bunch of stuff starts happening. Cam got re-signed. Neither one of us thinks that affects Jimmy's ability to get traded to the Patriots. Uh, but this is, you know, you got a few kind of, when we talk about a Garoppolo trade, I think we do talk kind of near the draft. But, you know, maybe this is a potential week for that too. I don't know if you can do this because it's very, very risky at the most important position in sports. What if part of like keeping Trent involves getting rid of Jimmy for Sam from a financial standpoint or something like that? Like, cause we, we could probably, most people would agree. Jimmy, Sam, Jimmy's proven more. Sam may have more upside, but there's a ton of unknown. But what if I go, I just think at worst he's an equal. He saves me so much cash this year. I have more room, a transaction like that. Yeah. Part of maybe Jimmy's status is also financial. Right, because his his number is not seven, right? It's twenty two. Yeah, I mean, there's a world where he's back on the Niners, but somehow restructured, right? 
At a lower cap. At a lower number. Now, if you were him and you were going to do that, you would need a guarantee somehow that you're not getting traded. Well, to me, if I was Jimmy Garoppolo, I under no circumstances would not take a pay cut because I'd say, cut me. See what I get in the open market. Right? Yeah. I mean, I guess part what, of that is... If Jimmy make- Garoppolo was a free agent, would someone give him $20 million? Uh, 15 incentives? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if if you're giving Mario to 10. But, I don't, but again, the Raiders gave Mario to 10 and maybe no one else or 12 <laughs> and maybe no one else was doing that. So I... I don't know. Especially part of that would be like, can you do you wait long enough and you do it after the draft, after free agency when there's nowhere really Belichick's already got a guy? I don't know. Doesn't feel like Belichick will have a guy though until never. There, to me, there there are like three or four teams though without a quarterback. If I was, I don't think Don Yee would budge on that one just because like the Bears, the Washington team, even just one year twenty, just they hold it over, right? Yeah, yeah. He's proven enough, but I'm not saying it's not risky. I mean, we're talking, Jimmy's under contract right now at 22 and everyone's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, we, we see it right now and we're not feeling good about it. Yeah. So maybe I'm crazy. All right. I just know how crazy people are with quarterbacks that I do just, Jimmy is their trump card if they needed more money and could get Sam Darnold. To me, that's just one, a way cheaper option. If they're willing to trade Sam Darnold, you get rid of Jimmy and then you got more cap space to sign dudes. Including Trump. Yeah, Sam. To this point, Sam Donald's best has not been as good as Jimmy's best. That's what I'm saying. Do you and are you saving money at quarterback? Is that the position? No, you want to yeah, save that's, money what, at? that's what. I, that's what. But I'm but again, part of that is does Shanahan think? Yeah, I can get what I got out of Jimmy. I can get that. I can get that. You mean he? You know what he might say right here? He'd be like the Jimmy's best. You mean the Saints game? Well, <laughs> okay. Well, that was Kayla's fun. We're that was gonna, great. But obviously, we record three podcasts this week. As of Sunday night, four. Or four and a bunch of videos, but we'll just do this every day as of Sunday night. Percentage chance that Jimmy Garoppolo makes it to Friday. <laughs> uh, so I do think it's a little now it's unique, right? Because we know the Jags pick and we know at two with the Jets, you might have an idea what they're going to do. I don't think you would trade to like six for the Eagles right now, not necessarily knowing. Well, you know, I mean, like the Eagles that, do that. Yeah, it doesn't. But I'm just saying, sense. like, if you're the Niners, that's pretty risky. You will yeah, you just pick your percentage. I'll pick my percentage, and we'll just do it every day. Uh, I, mm, God, I don't. My gut is that he's not traded this week, but I still, I gotta go. You, how did you phrase it? That he is or that he isn't traded? What's the percentage that he's on the Niners come Friday? I'll go. It feels like something. Things are cooking here. I'll go. I'll go. Forty nine percent that he is. Fifty one percent that he isn't. Yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna go forty five, and I plan on dipping every day. <laughs> but, but then w- Friday is on Thursday. Thursday right? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're set I, couple. I, down. I plan on dipping every day till about Wednesday, and okay. then I'm gonna jolt back up. All right, all right. I'm, I'm be like Bitcoin up down. <laughs> John, let's tell the people about sleepnumber.com slash ham right now. Go there. The new sleep number. I said new. Sleep number 360 smart bed designed to make a life-changing difference in your health and wellness from only $999. Only at sleep number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Guy, I have the sleep number bed. You have a sleep number bed. Keep mine on the setting 10. What's your setting? 85. I go rock hard, baby. <laughs> I mean, who likes sleeping on concrete? But here's the thing. However you like to sleep, softer bed. I, I like more of a pillow, pillow top. Haberman likes sleeping on wood. But once you get the sleep number bed, you sleep dramatically better. It's actually been proven. A hundred. It's been proven by studies that a hundred hours more proven a quality sleep based on internal analysis of sleep sessions 
assessing sleepers who use multiple features of Sleep Number products. How do you beat that guy? Sleeping more, you get 100 extra hours a year. Think of the advantage you have in life, in society, in the business world, in negotiating, everything you do. It elevates your karate. (laughs) You just locked and loaded, sleep better. You know, Tom Brady ain't just winning because of TB12. He gets good night's sleep. Well, you think how good a night's sleep? You mm. get sleep at sleepnumber.com. That's right. Sleep number, 360 smart bed features. It gives you all your sleep IQ data, too, which is fantastic. Oh. One in three American adults say they are not getting sufficient sleep on a regular basis. Quality sleep can boost your immune system, help you become more resistant to illnesses, build healthy sleep habits with all the behaviors that go along with it. Uh, you want seven to nine hours. Um, so you got to be careful with the, you know, waking up with the phone, going to bed oh, with yeah. the phone. I'm big on whoever gets up first in my house has to take the other person's phone and put it away so the other person can't wake up and look at their phone. So it's kind of a race to get out of bed first, too. I recommend that. John, there's a good little trick. Uh, Sleepnumber.com slash ham. What if cool free agency stuff's happening? Well, then I, I get to the phone first. I wake up. You know, yeah. that's the key. Get to the phone <laughs> first. You. Uh, introducing the new 360 Sleep Number Smart Bed. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by DraftKings. Big, oh. big, 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 big week in DraftKings this week, John. The tournament's finally here. Yes, it is, guy. Download, go to the DraftKings, download the app, use the promo code ham. Here's the key. The tournament's finally here. The brackets have been set. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with the largest free, free college basketball survivor pool ever. How much? $1 million in total prizes. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. How do you beat that guy? It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive in advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Yep. Get it. Get it on all this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter the promo code HAM during signup and enter the free one million dollar survivor pool again that is code ham enter into DraftKings free one million dollar survivor pool eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply see draftkings.com for details uh one of the big stories of the week when free agency begins it's not just how big will the raiders go i i think a part of it too is how quickly will they strike um we've talked about before previously on this show that uh john gruden has taken some big swings in free agency already not many of them have worked out. That's not going to stop him from doing it again. They've got to be good. Uh, they We thought they had to be good for their first year in Vegas. Now they're going to have to be good for the first year in Vegas with fans. Plus, I mean, it's just it's time to go to the playoffs, John. It's time to make moves. So I do wonder not just who will they sign, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders are the first or the second or the third team to do something big this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the Raiders have over $40 million in cap space. They created a ton of cap space by cutting all these guys, right? Gabe Jackson, Trent, they traded Trent Brown, Terrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, uh, Richie Incognito. Well, I got to give Richie some credit. Came to the Raiders, pretty low key, was fine. Much more smoothly than I think anyone expected when I'll never forget the Raiders have signed Richie Incognito. It was just, that it does, this kind of sums up what we're talking about with Gruden, right? His tenure is littered with Richie Incognito, who, in fairness to Richie, had a good little run. 
very low key. AB, right? Just doing things that are like, what? Giving all this money to Trent Brown, who was a really talented player, but was like, God, no one wanted to pay him that much money. Why should you, John? And then it was a disaster. I think he played in, I heard someone say this. I have to probably should have checked. Played in half of his games as a Raider. Played in 16 out of the 32 games. It was a disaster. I expect John Gruden, and I, I mean, Mayock is part of it, but it's John's the boss, to do some crazy shit in the next two or three days. Played in 14 games. Four, out of the 32. 12 and then two, yeah. <laughs> so not, not, not ideal guy. I, I just, I, I, I think the craziest part about John is he's liable to do anything. And when we talk about, like, waiting for some of the tweets about the Niners, like, it's... I have a pretty good idea. Maybe there's something out of left field, like if Trent Brown were to leave. But like if a quarterback situation happens, something Trent is going to Yeah, a, a domino is going to have to happen for Jimmy to the trade. Nothing will shock me with the Raiders. If you tell me that Russell Wilson traded the Raiders this week, I b- would believe you. If you tell me that they give the highest amount of money ever to a defensive lineman, I guess it'd be hard to like, would they give Khalil Mack money to Yannick and Dockway? Probably not. But just an outrageous amount to a guy like that, I would believe you. If they tell me that they just do a crazy trade, I would believe you. I, I just, if you tell me they trade their first round pick for like a, I don't even know who this player would be, but like a Jalen Ramsey, Jamal Adams type, I think that's believable, right? If, you know, a veteran guy that you could have, I don't even know if that player really feels available, but I, it's on the table. Like, let's say they traded for like Eric Kendricks of Minnesota. I'm not saying Minnesota would trade him, but just Bobby Wagner, whoever. He's just a great curveball. I mean, he's Clayton Kershaw right now. 12 to 6, Barry Zito in his prime. At any moment, you're like, damn, didn't see that coming. Even though then you read it like, of course John did this. And it doesn't just encompass good players, right? They could just trade for, I'm just using random names. I'm not saying this guy's even, Bobby Wagner to be the middle linebacker. But he could also trade for like, what? You know, you did what? That's where John comes in. That's I'd say his tenure so far with the Raiders has been pretty consistent with craziness right. right, and things you didn't expect to happen. And even with the Cleveland Farrells of the world or Damon Arnett. Remember when Damon Arnett was drafted? People were like, who? It was pretty shocking. And we talk a lot about the draft. Now, I, I used to work in the league. I don't pretend to know about third, fourth round picks. I got a pretty good feel about the group of guys going in the first round. And John now a couple times. Cleveland out of nowhere. No one thought he was going to go four. And the Arnett, I just, he wasn't a name that we had heard. Now, that doesn't mean the guys, these guys aren't going to be good players or whatever, but in an Arnett, I'm giving a little bit of a pass. I actually kind of impressed. Yeah, it, the issue with him was people just didn't expect him to be drafted where he yeah. was drafted. Cle- Cleland, clearly, if you redo that, no chance on God's green earth he goes for. Right? But, but uh, you know, what you make me think is, is he going to sign somebody that you don't even feel like is at a position? I, I You're saying this, but... Would, it, would he end up with a – is he going to sign a receiver? Like, is Nelson Aguilar going to come back for a big number, or will he go and they end up with, you know – Or would he trade a second-round pick for Allen Robinson? Yeah. Let's or, say Allen Robinson. That's a, that, that's a good one. Uh, I got to think they'll end up with somebody – here's one prediction, right? They'll end up with somebody who's a big name, who hasn't really performed, but Mayock and Gruden liked three years ago, right? Like, that's, that's well, happening. They did it with Mariota last year, right? Yeah. What was their thought process on Mariota? I remember Mike Mayock specifically said, he said, the difference between me and John and every other head coach and GM in this league, you know for a fact what we thought about this guy. Right. And they gave him a lot of money. And now, as of recording this, do you know where Marcus Mariota is? Still on on their team. I don't think he... Is it fair to say that his trade value has probably not been quite what they thought? That no one's trading for him at that number? Mm Mm-hmm. 
and you, me and you disagreed a little bit. I thought a 10, and you always thought that, that might have been a little much. I think the leaks is basically saying they don't think he's a $10 million player, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that it would be a little easier to trade him than it has been, even though you're right. I do agree with you. And I would have agreed then that he's no, no. I, I'm saying that I, I thought I thought it was going to be easier. You were kind of down. I remember you saying, thinking that he wasn't like just that one game. What do you really make of it? His body of work. I think the league. That's basically what they're saying. Like, yeah, his one game out the bench, okay. But we have three or four years of film that I, I don't feel comfortable just naming this guy our starting quarterback. I right? guess what I'm remembering is eventually maybe it was a different conversation. You said, uh, it, "It don't be shocked if this guy has to get cut in the end because." There's not actually a market for him, and teams kind of know that there's not. Doesn't it feel like he's trending toward getting cut, not traded, as of right now? Where did um? Uh, yes, it does. William Jackson. Where did he get drafted? Like, was he in the mid? Was he in like the teens? The dude, early twenties, Bengals first yeah. round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, I'm just teens. checking old Mayock. He's a free agent. I'm checking old Mayock draft. Mayock had him going at the end of the first round, so he actually went a little higher than Mayock had him. Um. Just trying to find some matches, but to me that would like something like that, right? See, I what I think is possible, but like, Dupree, they, th- yeah, they trade for a franchise player, right? They give the second round pick, like Allen Robinson would be a guy. Like I could see John, like give me Allen Robinson, Rugs and and Waller, right? And see what I can do, man. Well, for sure, with but, Josh Jacobs, yeah, but you're still gonna and have to. The, they're and still Gus gonna sign Bradley's guys. like, have you seen our defense? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they trade for him and sign him. I'm just Sherman. I'm not saying they they do it. It almost feels like too easy to think that Richard is going to end up there, but it kind of feels like he ends on, up there for like ten million bucks. Playing on their playing on their uh, real live grass, real grass, surface. real yep. grass. Yep. So one thing though about this next week, there are really two times a season where you can really improve your team: the draft and obviously free agency. Because even like the Raiders, they went eight and eight. So when the big cuts happen. Their, their waiver claim for all the sweet guys, most of the guys get claimed before the Raiders ever get a hold of them. So you you don't really improve your team if you're not like a three or four win team during that period of time. Th- these are the two times. And the last couple of years, the reason the Raiders have not been able to sniff the playoffs because they've screwed up these two times, right? Because especially with the Raiders, they're allocating a lot of resources toward just a couple players. And they've had high picks. You know, Cleveland Farrell did not you know, become what they were hoping he'd become at pick four. Those guys that we listed, the Trent Browns, the Joiners, that obviously A.B., but I don't even count him. Uh, Terrell Williams did not, you know, ultimately become what they thought they were worth when they gave him all that money. They're going to give out money this next week, right? Mark's going to want to win. They're going to have fans next year. John has kind of become a laughingstock in the league. You know, he was aggressive before he really had this pressure of trying to prove it to everyone. I think now it's like watching the golf tournament today. Early on, Justin Thomas couldn't make a putt. And Paul Azinger was like, sometimes you just want it so bad. And you're like, you're just missing these putts. And you just fucking, you're getting angry over the ball. And it's hard to play that way. I just wonder, John Gruden wakes up, right? FFA, fired football coaches, FFCA or whatever. He was like that when he didn't have a job. He was like that when he showed up. Three years later, not even close to the playoffs. This year ending getting his ass kicked by some teams that, you know, the Colts game, losing that, uh, the Falcons. Like, it did not end well. How much pressure is he putting on himself this week? And is that pressure going to lead to a bad signing? It's a good question. But, I mean, we've had bad signings without that pressure. 
No, I know, but I'm just saying that's I why wonder, I think the, the Raiders are more liable than It's true. I do wonder if specifically Gus Bradley, like they had to hi- they had to go hire him, right? Now well, they paid him. Huh? I mean, I'm sure he got a lot of money. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, I wonder if it's like, all right, I wonder if Gus is like, all right, we're getting Melvin Ingram. John, this is who we need to get, right? I want Melvin Ingram. That's my guy. I wonder if they make, is it possible they have a little more of a, of a purpose to who they signed defensively? Although you'd argue they've had a purpose before. Like Littleton, there was a purpose to that signing. Yeah, I, I think everything made logical sense. The moves they've made, it just didn't work. They picked the wrong player. Mayock had right? Tack McKinley about 10 spots higher than he got drafted in his 2017 mock. I think Tack McKinley stinks. I'm just trying to find guys that they once liked. That's all. That's yeah. that's that exercise. See, I, but I'm not even necessarily looking just on the free agents. I'm thinking franchise tag guys, and all of a sudden they trade for someone. Like I think it's the good. The Raiders have given pick 19 or wherever the fuck they're drafting at 8-8 eight and eight for so-and-so. Because what's he thinking? We are a player or two away from being a 10-win team with this offense, right? Like, if, if Jalen Ramsey was on the market right now, I would say the Raiders would offer two ones and a two, right? Yeah. Or, you know, they would be in the mix. for If Jamal Adams, what defense is he in? Seattle's defense. If Jamal Adams, this was the year he's getting traded, I'd be like, it makes a lot of sense with the Raiders. Now, they're just, that player hasn't really emerged. That's why I just threw some random linebackers out, and I'm not saying either one of those guys. But it always happens. Like Diggs got traded last year at this time. Like does it? Well, do now they, again, Diggs that had been leading up to that. It does just feel like it's kind of quiet on the trade front with uh, with star players. You never know, guy. Because what can what happens when you trade a star player? You gain a lot of cap room. Do they trade a fourth for Zach Ertz? See, that's why would they don't you know? Diana, I know they don't. Right? <laughs> what are you fucking? But they might like him. Find, yeah, you got to find Zach Ertz of defense. That's what they I understand. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, but th- that's point the problem. Is- I think John's like, hell yeah. You think John? Er- you think John Gruden wants Zach Ertz? 100. Okay. That to me is what he's going to end up doing, and that's where I'm saying, like, all of a sudden it's like, well, they signed a guard, they got Zach Ertz, and they traded for, uh, you know, Allen Robinson. It's like, well, their defense still stinks. No, they're getting Melvin Ingram and Richard Sherman. Well, yeah, but I one of my buddies in the league that's a pro scout said he thought he was looked washed last year. He just looked uh, old. Okay, so maybe Gus Bradley doesn't like him. I'm just saying. I think you're going to end up with somebody. This is you're going to end up with a big name whose stock is a little down. Well, they're getting minimum, minimum. They're getting a guy that's been a Pro Bowler five times three years ago, right? <laughs> that's a lock. I mean, they paid Jordy Nelson. They got Jason Witten. Like it's not even. We're not even making fun of John. Like that's just what he does, right? Something he feels very comfortable with that guy around. Who was the tight end? Uh, uh, Decker, Eric Decker. Did he sign him? Remember, didn't he get him for like a minute? Wasn't he a Raider for a second? Or did we just... Eric Decker? I thought there was like, oh, Eric Decker, this is such a Raider signing. No, I think that was Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Yeah, well, there's Jordy. I'm, I'm not getting my white guys confused. You're accusing me? But maybe I... I mean, I don't see I don't him anywhere. Decker maybe it was just Raiders. a conversation we had constantly about he would sign. I think he, he was, he was long gone. Witten, Jordy... Yeah, I guess he I was. Feel like we're, I feel like we're missing a pretty famous over-the-hill guy. I mean, Richie, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's had his fair share in a short period of time. Uh, he had a running back. Didn't he sign a running back that was old? He signed some old guys. I mean, he's just... it's Maybe somebody can tell me why. There's, I, I still feel like... Eric Decker's wide receiver, wrong. married to the country. No, I know who right? he is. I, obviously, yeah. I've been proven wrong. But for some, maybe somebody can tell me why I think that. I, I feel like there's something there, but... I thought they signed like an MJD type running back like two years ago and he was terrible immediately and they just cut, cut bait. Do you remember that? 
Uh, Not MJD, obviously. I mean, who was a Raider, but they signed a, a famous running back within the last couple years, and he was not good. It wasn't Marshawn. Did he end up in a game? Doug Martin. Yeah, Doug Martin. Like, he, how John Gruden's a lock to do a couple of these names. Witten and Jordy are a higher level Doug Martin. Like, to me, he's got a Jordy Witten in him for sure. But that might not cost that much. Right. Jordy actually, I think, got like $10 million. Actually, had like 68 catches. He just couldn't move. It feels like a lifetime ago Jordy Nelson was on the Raiders. Jason Witten actually kind of played, right? Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> it wasn't like, it was like, you know, Jason's just there to be a coach. Like, he's out there. They're running plays for him. In the it's a big zone. catches. Yeah. I like Jason Witten. He just told against him a little bit that he fake-haired it. But. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night, I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden, it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff. Curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars can i tell you about my friends very very good friends and mainly because i've been using this app for a long time game time they are the best ticket app i've ever used you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event you want to go to a concert you want to go watch steph curry and clay thompson and draymond make a little playoff run well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. 
Download the Game Time app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tacovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. I don't know if this qualifies as a uh, get off my lawn, John, but uh, I, I don't know. What day was it? Was it Friday? I can't even remember when the Patrick Ewing video came out. Yeah, it would have been Friday. I watched it five or six times. I couldn't get enough of it, of just the, basically I've been walking around here uh, this is my name is in the rap. My band, my jerseys in the rafters and they don't know why they're asking for my ID. They don't know who I am. A couple things about it. One, I love that he started his press conference with it. Not, it didn't come up. Somebody didn't say, Patrick, I saw you getting questioned by security. It was Patrick. Maybe he was late. I don't know because you heard the PR guy after Patrick goes on his rant, like, Oh, okay. Uh, we'll open it up for questions now. So I know it was the beginning of his press conference. That's how we started the press conference with just this, I don't blame Patrick Ewing for feeling that way. I think the uncomfortable part about it is you can't really say in that moment to him, well, it's pretty likely the person just doesn't remember you. That was a long time ago that you played here. But that's kind of, you know, it feels mean to say that to somebody, disrespectful. And you could argue, it doesn't matter how old you are, like Bill Russell shouldn't get carded at the Garden. And uh, Joe Montana at Levi's should never be asked for his pass. And that Ewing has that place in the Knicks uh, organization. But, I mean, we're talking, it's been Does 25 he? years. D- Patrick Ewing has that as Bill Russell, Joe Montana? No, he's not Bill Russell, Joe Montana. But, I mean, he's the centerpiece of the Knicks haven't won a championship since what? I don't 78 or something like that? I mean. I thought it was like 72. Okay, or, yeah. but the greatest era of them since, like, Phil Jackson was a player on the Knicks team that won a championship was this guy. So I get why he's mad, but I, I just laughed at it nonstop because there's nothing better than a do you know who I am? Especially well, when it comes to stadium security, whose job they're just trying to do their job. I'm sure those people were told this morning, we got all these COVID protocols, everybody. If somebody doesn't have a red dot on their pass, they can't go down hallway six. If they don't have a yellow dot, they can't go down hallway three. Remember, you can't let them on the elevator without a purple dot. They just got the riot act read to them. They're there making minimum wage. And... uh you, you well, think about this when you go to the Super Bowl on the game day or that week, all the festivities, or you go to the media night, you know who has a pass? You know who has to wear like a credential? Well, everybody, everybody. Like, so when I went to the Super Bowl, when I went to talk to Veach, do you know who had passes on? Mahomes, Andy Reid, Hill, Andy, Veach, Kyle, Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo. When Saban goes to the national championship, what's usually around his neck when they're doing something? A lanyard with his credential. He's Nick fucking Saban. Patrick Ewing 
I, I think it's very out of touch for the common guy. Oh, of, of course. It, honestly, it, it kind of honestly it kind of pissed me off because most people, I would imagine, working stadium security, it doesn't just just because they're working stadium security or uh, credential checker, does not mean that they're some diehard basketball fan. Most the majority of human beings in this country are not sports fans. We see the numbers when you're, you know, even these NFL games, 30 million people watch. Do the math how many people live in America. Like, that's not even that many people relative to the country, even though for sports, there's a lot of people. Patrick Ewing, his last game for the Knicks was in 99-2000. He hasn't played in the NBA in 21 years. So if I, if I was the credential checker, and I'm not a sports fan, and I'm 30 years old, I'm 30 years old, let's say I got a couple kids checking his credential. I was born in 1990. So by the time I was 10, and remember you that study, most people come to their sports, lo- you know, memory. Who they love like at 8, eight to 10 nine. is who they're fans of for the rest of their lives. So, so. I, that time, you know, late 2000, he was washed. It was over. The Patrick Ewing moments that you watch in that Jordan documentary were all like 93 to like 95. or I mean, even before, 95 and under. So that kid, assuming he's 30, he, hell, he might have been 20, has never fucking seen this guy. This guy has been an assistant coach for like the Hornets. This guy's out of sight, out of mind. I think too, for a lot of like, I see NBA media on Twitter like, this is crazy. I do think Patrick Ewing, and I get it in New York, probably held a little more higher esteem himself personally than he actually is. He is not, if that had been Michael Jordan or something, that would have been a little weird, right? Or Joe Montana at Levi's for sure. <laughs> yeah, because non-sports fans know who that person is. Yeah, I just think that it's just classic. And listen, I, I'd be guilty if I said I haven't been mad at certain times about my credential. And I am 99 million times less powerful any place I've ever been to get mad why the guy's checking me for a credential. But when you're the head coach, after you just won it, kind of stupid. I mean, it's just, oh, it was it, just, it, I, I, he, he, you know, in a weird way for being, a, and I, you don't think about this about big people. He has a huge like chip on his shoulder vibe to him for being a coach. Like he honestly, I think, kind of I, had, like, I think part of it. It took him a long time to become a head coach, big time, right? And I think that wasn't that's where some of it. Have comes there from. been articles written about it's harder for big guys to become coaches yeah. in basketball? Yep, they get they get discriminated against taller guys. Yep. Like and obviously he's fucking. No, I mean a lot of guys are tall, but like true like big men, Do you like centers. That? You call a lot of like college basketball. Do you see like uh, seven foot guys on the bench? Because uh, they're on the bench. Yeah, Wayne Tinkle. Is basically 6'10", Larry Kuskovia. I'm just thinking of Pac-12 coaches. Um, but I do buy it just in general. Now, a lot of these guys are really big, like when you see them talk, standing next to players. But big is like, you know, to me, 6'4 and up, right? A lot of guys are in that range, 6'3", six, 6'2", 6'4". Yeah. Maybe some – if you're 6'6", six, six as a coach, you're probably on the tall end. I mean, Phil was big, right? Phil, Phil was probably 6'10". Phil was big, right? But – uh, true set. We're talking about like centers. I think those guys specifically have a hard time when you're viewed as just kind of that guy as a player. It is much easier for the Kerr's, the Steve Nash's to get jobs, right? Just guards, small forwards. Uh, it does feel like an uphill battle. So I do understand the chip on his shoulder. That one, I thought, like, come on, man, feel for the little guy. It's Corona. The guy's just trying to. Pay his I just think it's so hard. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I also think it's very hard. When it's you've just been in that you've lived that life when the doors just open for you in that building, yeah, for the last since 1985. Why? Well, and I do think there's a point where if something makes you mad enough, 
the timing of it, you're just like, I don't even care. I'm just going to So, why well, I think Draymond's a good example. He's been going on some Twitter tirades about the testing. He could not have done that six months ago. It just, he wouldn't have, he couldn't have done it. <laughs> I mean, it, he would have been called a clown, an idiot. I actually think he makes a lot of good points. I don't even think people hold it against him now. Like, why are they testing three times? But there's a timing. Like, Draymond has been thinking this for months. And he's at the point now, I've had enough. Like, I, I'm not going to just... I, they're making me come back at 11 o'clock at night for my third test. Like, I'm held up in my hotel room. And he's losing it. But the timing of his rant... Because you could still push back. Like, is it... You know, ideally, you make $25 million a year. You want to be complaining about tests. But... If you put yourself in Draymond's shoe, if me or you were in it, we're like, I can't do another time. I've tested three times a day. Why do I got to go back to the facility? This is insane. He's he, he's actually bringing up great points. But his timing of it is probably right at the line where moving forward, he can start bringing this up. Yeah, but I mean, I'd even say like two months ago, it would have been like, uh. To me, it all falls in this category of I'm just not going to get mad over the thing that you're mad about when it's not, when you're not really being, you're being inconvenienced. Maybe you're offended. You're not being wrong. It, to me, it falls in the same category. Like, how many times have I pulled out my phone sitting on a tarmac? And I just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. And I don't. But you're close. I'm really close. I just keep reminding myself when other people do it, it's so stupid. Now, there are times, like, there are a few extreme moments where it's probably worth it. Where I'm like, God, that is an awful situation. This person's getting hosed. The only way to expose the company who's not doing what they should be doing for this person is to expose them publicly. Fine. But by and large, like, you know shaming Southwest Airlines from the tarmac isn't going to get anything done. Now, if you're stuck on the tarmac for six hours and no one's got any air and people just need the bathroom and no one, you can't get a hold of anybody. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I'm sure there are, if I was on the tarmac for six hours and we couldn't get off and I had to use the restroom and they, there was no food, I might, I, John, I, again, I can't yeah. say that wouldn't be where I, where I lose it. Cause I might, cause I've been close and it's hard to resist. <laughs> I know. And then when we really break it down, it's like, well, you just you called a USC game on Friday and then you did a UCLA game on Saturday and you're hoping to get back for dinner on Saturday. Exactly. Night. I was so trying like, to skate know, it's out. Like, it's always that's right. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's, it's your own fault. And, and I think the pushback would be, you know, just it sucks. It's part we of all have and, uh, trials and tribulations. And uh, yeah, you know who never has that problem. Hmm. Super rich people. There's like fucking take off. <laughs> they don't even check in. They just grab their bag and walk right in. Yeah, but down. I'm sure it's like you, you, you told me the plane was going to be here at 11:30. Now you're telling me you have to refuel. That's another 20 minutes. I'm so I'm sure there have been some awful conversations. Pro- yeah, they probably pretty just the, some of the stupidest stuff. <laughs> From what I've been told, is there's a pilot on retainer. He's just always kind of you just always have to give him an hour heads up, and there's like a protocol. So you're just never in those pinches. But you're right. Some of them are just inevitable, right? Even like a private jet airline, there might be like a backup. You know, we, we're third in line. Third in line! <laughs> it's like always the talk, like the NFL meetings. It's like the private jets are all lined up here in the hangar. Well, air traffic the 30 control. 32nd owner, Mark Davis, came in his text. <laughs> Air traffic has control has to now. be on the, list of guy, on the list of jobs where you just, no one even, no one ever appreciates you for landing all these planes out of the air on three runways. I'd say Sully parlayed that into a pretty successful talking career on news channels. Sully was a pilot, though. He wasn't the air traffic controller. True. true. But I actually... but my Pilot gets is, all think, the credit. I do think the pilots... I can't even pretend. I'm just saying there's here, a right? thunderstorm, an act of God, and we all got a, you know, and now it's the air traffic controller's job to do like, you know, ma- a lot of math with... All with, you know, the stakes are, 
humongous, trying to land all these planes, make sure no one flies into each other. We just don't ever acknowledge the air traffic controller until it's well, you that's circling the airport for 30 See, my minutes. pushback would be on you getting mad at the airline. I actually sometimes, when I'm like in the plane, I look out, and you're on a connector. Think of the puzzle that all these people are putting I, together I, with all the facts. Sure. I don't think they get enough credit. That's what I'm saying. I don't think a lot of people get enough credit. When Colin Coward almost died of that blood clot, I remember calling him a couple days later once he posted something on Instagram. I'm like, I didn't know you almost died. He's like, yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, isn't it pretty nuts how great doctors are? It's like, I might die. I know nothing how to fix myself. I just go, I, and they just usually fix you. Well, it's like, I, I don't think they get enough credit. They're no, just fixing us. No, that's my point. Like, nobody gets any credit. I shouldn't say nobody. There are plenty of jobs the out there room, that don't you could have a bad experience, any attention right? unless something goes wrong. Right. I remember I read something a while back that like in the 1700s, if you went to the doctor, you were more likely to come out of that visit worse off than when you went in. <laughs> and like, you know, in the 1800s, the percentage was still not in your favor. In the early 1900s, it was like 50 50. Like you might come out worse. You might come out better. Now it's the percentages of the odds that you come out better are so high relative to where they were 150 years ago, right? I feel like if it's if it's anything that's curable, it's got to be over 90, right? If it's curable, right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things that are out of their but hands. But we're just talking about, we're not even talking about like diseases. Stomach. We're just talking, you go with a broken leg or a headache. Yeah, I know. And people are, my mom you know tripped like a couple months ago the the her dog callie can be pretty aggressive with the leash oh you know it's just not a great listener yeah and it's like i think the older you get the balance you know sure. and yanked her pretty good fell on her wrist broke her wrist common i looked the other day she's trying to let callie outside and her natural reaction in fairness is always your right hand right she's not left-handed well her left hand doesn't have the cast so she grabs callie with the right hand to let her out well callie jolts and I heard my mom go, like, ah! I'm like, mom, you can't grab with your right hand. She's like, I'm not trying to, but my natural reaction is sure. to use my right hand. It is. <laughs> but it just shows you, like, that's not a great patient. Like, the doctors are dealing with people. They always tell you, like, don't use that anymore. It's like, well, it's hard. Yep. Very, very difficult. Yep. So, yeah, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> so I, but again, like, I, I'll just go back to that's. It sucks for the person who was involved in that situation. <laughs> but it's nothing but entertainment to me. I, I, fi- I find nothing but entertainment. And do you know who I am? I was trying to think, do, is there any scenario where I would drop, where I feel, do you know who I am? I know this, the Smitty, who was our, my, our dog growing up died many, uh, a few years ago. My parents got a new puppy after, you know, I'm long gone out of the house. They get a puppy. My sisters are around sometimes. They love the puppy. I don't really like the dog. He just, you're not a big me. dog guy. I, I mean, I like the right dogs. I just don't like this dog. Uh, I mean, I want a dog. I'd get a dog, but. Yeah, I, I go hot and cold on. I don't love all dogs universally. That's you're right about that. And uh, and sometimes I'll pull uh, every time I'll pull up to the house, and Gingy uh, came from the farm. I've been telling my parents like just take him back. They'll take him back. Like he's just a farm dog. He uh, he'll bark at me nonstop when I pull up. But I want to I want to be like Patrick. Like bro, do you know who I am? Like, this is my house. <laughs> you got bad energy, bro. Doc sends that shit out. Because <laughs> he knows I don't like him. He knows he bugs yeah, the shit Yeah, Gingy knows. Doc's are smarter than you give him credit for. They know. You're coming out with a bad attitude. <laughs> Maybe I'll okay, I will ass. try to come home with a good attitude next time and see if that No, they, they sense it. You, you can't fake it. I, I think Gingy knows. You don't like <laughs> Animals know. They have people, and they Dog just, you're so not annoying. one of their people. I bet they like your sisters, huh? 
Uh, yeah, of course. Dog, they love him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> I'll give him a courtesy okay, pet. Well. And then it's like... All right. Big week, everybody. Yeah. Let's do it.